the Lord tonight. How many came to get something from the word? Can we just love him one more time? Thank the Lord. Father, we praise you tonight. We ask you to anoint your word. We give you praise because you're worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's turn to Revelation 3 if you have your Bibles. I'm going to uh, pull up here. I gave my word several months back that I would not read books on American prophecy to determine my own my own viewpoint. Let's see if I can find that here. Hold on. All right. Let's read a revelation. I am going to share with you, though, some books. And then when we get back to this next time, if the Lord hasn't come, uh, we'll uh, I wanted to share with you the differing views, and I can read the back of a book and know what's pretty much whether it's something new or not. And so I've, I've collected all of the Babylon mystery Babylon books that there are that look readable. Uh, Revelation three eleven. Uh, they can pull up. You can just leave it right on that. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to them a little bit. Revelation three eleven. We'll let this be our text. Let's read it together, shall we? Behold, I. Come quickly, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Put your Bibles down and let's pray and ask the Lord to help us with this night of study and prophecy. Lord, we thank you because your word is true. We ask you to bless the word tonight and we give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. <clears throat> and you can be seated. Now, uh, this might be a bit boring, but I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to pull up, okay, I've copied all of the books, uh, all right, every, every book that is, uh, the majority of the modern books on Mystery Babylon are teaching that, uh, that modern Babylon is America, so I'm going to read the, I can't, my eye, <laughs> it's too small, I'm going to have to pull it up to actually do it, all right, America the Babylon by Coombs. I'm not super familiar with him, but he's he's fairly reputable. Uh, so he's got an entire new book. This other one doesn't have a, an author, so I'll skip it. Um, this one is called Babylon by David Dyer. He appears to believe the same thing, so he has a book. Not read them. I'm just telling you about them. A Mystery Babylon by Tim uh, Buck. Uh, I'm completely unfamiliar with him, but he's got... A subtitle, Unlocking the Mysteries of the Great Prophecies Concerning America. So that will be interesting. It's a two-volume study, and so he's come up in his own mind with the same thing. Mystery Babylon, The Religion of the Beast by Shav Shual. Now, uh, Shaul does not believe that America is Mystery Babylon, but he believes that it is... Uh, uh, that it is a Muslim religion, all right? So that's an entirely new idea that I don't share, but um, I, I believe the Muslims are in prophecy, but it's not America for sure. I mean, it's not Mystery Babylon. And then, there, so Shaul, uh, I'm going to read it and come back and we'll talk about it uh, down the road at the Lord Terry's. Uh, Mystery Babylon, uh, this, this doesn't have an author as well, even though it it's, believes it's America. All right, here's, uh, I wish I'd have just pulled these up so you could see them. The Seven Heads of Mystery Babylon by Norman Gerard. Uh, interesting pictures, but it, I, I can't tell from that. I thought I could. All right, now here's, here's an interesting one by J.B. Whitelaw Stevens. The Revival of Radical Islam, the Beast in Babylon. So they actually have a, a Muslim uh, church at the front of the book, so they believe that the that Babylon is uh, is Islam. All right, so these are fairly new uh, views about prophecy. Um, and then this one by I'm going to come back to that one. The rise of Babylon is Iraq at the center of the final drama by Charles Dyer. Now here here's a very well known prophecy teacher, uh, just like. Last week, I, I don't know if I brought the book in with Ron Rhodes. He believes that the actual city that's under the dirt right now is going to become the leader of the world. So that could take three or four hundred years, I would think. 
And so does Charles Dyer. Now, Charles Dyer, though, is, uh, I'm not saying Rhodes is not reputable. I'm saying he is less, uh, he's more of a modern scholar. Whereas Charles Dyer was connected with the, what I'd call old school prophecy that I've always believed. And most Pentecostals believe that if the Bible says something, then you follow it through and you, you don't speculate. You just, you look at exactly what it's saying and you use it. Charles Dyer is one of those and worked with John Walford who uh, does not believe that Babylon is going to rise from the dust. John Walford, who, of course, is now deceased. Walford is the most famous of the modern uh, prophecy teachers that's not a Pentecostal. And uh, he's uh, uh, maybe the most quoted. And he believes that. uh, Are are you ready? Can, Can you bear this another second? So what Walford believes is that the that Mystery Babylon is the Roman Catholic Church. Now, it's a woman riding the back of the beast, which is interesting because the head of the Catholic Church is a pope. Uh, And yet, this has been a common teaching. Martin Luther taught this and believed it. Most of the Reformers taught it and believed it. It's a very common Baptist view that the Roman Catholic Church is the beast of Revelation. Uh, Unfortunately, every single... Let's take Islam. Let's take the Roman Church. Let's say Rome itself. See, here's how the Baptists uh, make this work. They say that Rome has both a religious component and an economic component, see? And so the economic component is uh, uh, the city of Rome is going to lead the world in economics. So I got news for you. That ain't going to happen, all right? So I, I'm just sorry. I'm just trying to tell you that the idea that, that well, what they really mean, of course, is not that Rome is going to do it, but that Europe is going to do it. That's what they mean by that. And Europe is not even in third place. So, so that, that's what they're saying. And then there's a, a since uh, Catholicism is based out of Rome, and of course it is, then it is the other component of, of Mystery Babylon. So Mystery Babylon in chapter 17 of Revelation is, is the church, Roman church, and which of course is highly offensive to talk that way, but that's just the way they believe. And that in chapter 18, it's no longer a church. It's now the, the economic uh, center of the world. Because the Roman Catholic Church is not the economic center of the world. They may be the richest church in the world, but they're not the economic center of the world. And, of course, Mystery Babylon is. Now, of course, I'm, I'm just telling you, you can disagree, you can like it. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I'm just telling you what I believe, that none of those, certainly the idea that Islam it could somehow become the economic center of the world. Is now I know they, their oil is bringing them great money. And, and uh, how many heard just this week that Iran attacked uh, Saudi Arabia and it's affected the price of gas? It's going to go up to 20 cents or whatever, and then it may go even higher because uh, the Muslim world is in, in division. There's all kinds of division among Muslims. And so you have... Uh, Saudi Arabia in league with America and uh, Iran wanting the death of America and so on. The only thing they all agree on is that they they hate Israel. But there's simply now I'm going to read now the famous guy. Okay, let's go to that. Uh, The famous guy I found that believes that uh, Islam is what I just gave you one. He's actually an an Arab. But uh, there's I'm going to read these books. I can pull up Mystery Babylon, Mecca or Rome. As though there's only two choices. All right. So, and that's Joel Richardson. Well, I like Joel Richardson. He's a, he's a scholar and I like him and I, I disagree with him. All right. Now let's, uh, his, his famous book though is evidently Mystery Babylon, Unlocking the Bible's Greatest Prophetic Mystery. And, and then of course, uh, he says it's Islam. Uh, let's see what else he's got in here. Okay. Yeah. Here's, here's the book that, that I should have started with. Joel Richardson's book is called The Islamic Antichrist. So he believes that the Antichrist, not only is, so, so that to me is confusion compounded because you've got the Antichrist. The Antichrist destroys the woman that's on, the, on, the, on, her, on his back. The Bible says clearly, I mean, we could, we're not going to go back to that tonight. But so he's got an Islamic Antichrist that then destroy, that, that's the mystery Babylon so uh, they, they need to get with it, and they'll, I'm sure they'll work on it. Okay, now let's go back, and uh, ah, here we go. Here's the guy I want to get to, because he agrees with me 100%. And, 
And he has uh, become, I guess, the leader. I've not read a lot of his stuff. I'm just going to read the titles. Uh, Can We Still Believe in the Rapture? All right, that's, his, that's not the first book, but that's the first one. Is America in Bible Prophecy? Well, I can tell you exactly what he believes. He believes just exactly what I've been teaching. The Coming Apostasy, uh, that, that's, it ties into the whole question of Mystery Babylon. Here, here it is. Here's the, here is the, the ultimate book. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it in total, and if, if I, I'll, I'll let you know. If, if you have any interest, I'll let you know. And it's entitled The Late Great United States. What Bible prophecy reveals about America's last days. All right. So he's thoroughly convinced. Now, I've, I've been very clear that I believe America is very close to fulfilling the prophecies of Revelation 17 and 18. And there aren't two mystery Babylons. That would be a great mystery that there's a that there's one over here that happens to be a, a, a denomination and the other is is something else. No, but here, here's, here is his latest book. I, did I, I didn't even give you his name. I, I, I purposely did that. I was, because I, I, since I haven't read all these and I'm kind of saying things about him, I'm a little nervous about giving his name because what if I, what if I'm wrong? I've just read the backs of the books. All right. Oh, so here we go. So his name is Mark Hitchcock, and he is a very, he sort of stepped in. He's like the new. Uh, new guy, and he's, uh, he's sort of leading the pack in terms of Bible prophecy. And he, he, the name of his latest book, I've just read you several. Let's see if there's another. Yeah, oh, I've, and I've got, by the way, I've got the back of the book right here. All right, so it's called The Second Coming of Babylon. What the Bible, what Bible prophecy says about Iraq in the end times, Israel and Armageddon, Antichrist ruling city, America in the final days, and war in the Middle East. So we will see how all of that shakes out. Well, I've been trying to be uh, clear that the Bible is very specific, that Mystery Babylon is a mystery that will be figured out at the end of time, and that it will be the immoral, pathetic evils of ancient Babylon in the end time. But it cannot be, remember Jeremiah 50 and 51 last week? It cannot be the old Babylon come back alive. Mr. Roach thinks it's going to come back. Well, Jeremiah said it will never rise again, never. But it will be a mystery, there will be a mystery Babylon. So Roach has all this stuff trying to prove that it's not a mystery. There's no mystery about it. And you say, well, yeah, but the Bible says it's going to be a mystery. Well, but there's no mystery about it. See, those, when people talk like that, I don't, I don't like that. If the Bible says it's a mystery, then it's a mystery. Anybody believe that? If the Bible says it's a mystery, it's a mystery. If it's the ancient Babylon, there would be no mystery of that. If the ancient Babylon rises, now if it does, it's going to take a couple hundred years because it's under the dirt. Anybody following what I'm saying? There is no Babylon. There isn't a Babylon. The mystery Babylon is that another nation will become the economic center of the world and it will rival the Antichrist. And the Antichrist is going to destroy it. Just that simple. Could it be America? We've said it could be. And I have said, and I'm saying it again, I'm trying to be clear that I believe America is dangerously close to fulfilling the prophecies of mystery Babylon because we are increased with riches and we have turned our back on God and we will be judged. Now, I want to tell you something. It makes no difference if it's mystery Babylon or not. We're going to be judged for our sins. Every nation will be judged for their sins. But I believe that it is very, very possible that it is. Now, let's go to this slide. And we're talking tonight about the, uh, the, panor the panorama of prophecy, or as this book said, I've, I've blocked out the, the, the uh, author and all that because I'm not ready to talk about this guy. The prophetic panorama. Now, I'm doing this because uh, the, to talk about prophecy as a Panorama means that uh, there are just so many, many things. Just like that book. Anybody, can anybody tell what that book is right there? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, I'm supposing that's a Bible. But what's happening to it? What's coming out of it? Just letters and golden letters are being just, that, that's the prophetic panorama. Just all kinds of things coming out of the Bible. 
And uh, as I think I said this last time, that, you know, the Bible meant for prophecy to be difficult. Now, you may not like that, but, uh, but it's true. Now, Jesus simplified it in many ways and, and uh, so forth. All right. But so we're going to look tonight. I'm not going to be since I'm going to revisit it after I read these two or three dozen books and see uh, where we stand in terms of all of that. Uh, I'm willing to say I believe that America can repent. See, if I didn't see, I've had to talk to God about this quite a bit. If I believe America can repent, if I didn't believe that, then I wouldn't be able to preach that. I believe America can and must repent. So uh, I don't care if I'm right about Mystery Babylon. I don't care one whit if I'm right about it. I'm going to do my best to be right about it. I would love to be wrong about it. That it ends up not being America. Somehow America, I mean, the old idea was that America and Israel are going to get together and we're going to, you know, go in there and do the will of God. But America has failed. America is in the process of throwing. In fact, we may only be months away from losing our religious freedoms in America. You can, you can say la, la, la all day long. America is in serious trouble. All right, now, so let's talk about panorama. That, that just means you throw it out there and it's this great array of things. And I want to end tonight with the panorama of things that I believe the Lord has been dealing with me about. That all circle around the idea that America's in trouble. But it isn't specifically about Mystery Babylon alone. It's a panorama of things. So we're looking at the signs. Number one, the signs of the coming rapture. Everybody say the rapture. Right, so that to me is paramount. I'm going to preach the coming of the Lord. I believe in the coming of the Lord. What, what, who Mystery Babylon is, that's something that's constantly a, 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 a prophetic question. But the signs of the coming of the Lord, there's no doubt about it. The signs are everywhere. Does anybody believe that here tonight? The signs of the coming of the Lord are all around us. After generations of mercy, the Lord is going to come and he will judge this world. He will judge every nation. He will judge all men. He's the judge of the whole earth. Praise. Can you say praise the Lord? He's going to judge racism. He's going to judge every single sin, immorality. I'm not going to tell you if I started listing them, I'd have to go to Romans 1 and then we'd be here all night. It's a three-week Bible study to just list the signs of immorality that the Bible give us that will become a mountain of evil in the last days. Well, we've already seen that. I've often wondered how we're not raptured. It's just that there are pieces that are falling into place, and it could be in the morning, you know. Uh, last night we got word, was it last night? Has, has anybody heard of Netanyahu was reelected in Israel? Has anybody heard whether he was? Okay, that's prophet, folks. I'm telling you, that just gives me goosebumps. The American press, which of course now hates Israel because they're they're liberals, they now uh, they were saying that Netanyahu was not going to win, that it was impossible. They have done everything. They have done everything in the world to keep Netanyahu from being elected in Israel, and yet evidently, if the if someone is saying they've just heard, it would it takes them a day or two to get the count and everything. And he's been he's been elected. I mean, that what I mean by that being a miracle is that it was almost impossible to win an election after everything they were doing and lying. See, in the last days, what's happening is, you know, people that used to didn't lie. Now they just lie all the time. Folks, I want to tell you something. If if I tell you something, you can you can know that I believe I'm telling you the truth. I'm not trying to hide behind some lie somewhere. But, but we're living in a world where deception is the, is the norm. And people like me, we're the dinosaurs. I'm a Tyrannosaurus something or other. All right? So God shows mercy. All right, then number two, so the coming of the Lord, the signs are everywhere. And I see I could, that, that's something that stirs me everywhere I look. I look at Israel. I see Netanyahu and, and what's happening there with Netanyahu. So if you haven't figured it out, Netanyahu is a Bible-believing, conservative Jewish leader that believes in the prophecies of the Old Testament. 
and he was being opposed. And all of his opponents were also conservative. They were all conservative. So here's Israel. I mean, that's just Israel. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So number two, the great tribulation of seven years or the great tribulation judgment of seven years and the global cataclysmic disaster. So when you say the tribulation, you literally mean the world is going to it's not going to be like Nazi Germany. That was chaos and that was tribulation. All right. And to the Jewish people, it was a it was a nightmare. Of course, it was. But we're not talking just about human tragedy. We're talking about a world that literally begins to fall apart. And the judgment of God will fall from heaven. It'll come from the stars. It'll come from the seas. There will be epidemic. Like today we're seeing uh, the, the Bible says that, well, you know, what the, I, I, if I begin to detail them, there's going to be famine, there's going to be earthquakes, and, and all these things are going to be happening. But in the tribulation, it's going to come like a, uh, like a fountain of judgment against the world. And it, the world will just go right on. For example, how many know that most everybody in the media today believes that we're facing a global um, cl- uh, climate change situation that is going to... Uh, uh, well, for example, I heard last week from a complete atheist that if we don't stop driving automobiles... That the oceans are going to rise 40 feet and cover America. Now, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm, I mean, I know that seems preposterous. And, uh, and I know that there's a political climate all wrapped up in it. But, but what I'm trying to tell you is that um, we're living in a country where people are believing in cataclysm because people are driving automobiles. And then you can read whole books that say, well, this is what's actually happening and so on and so forth. So you, you uh, and I'm not an expert on climate change. But what's interesting to me is that the world is looking for cataclysm and that's exactly what's about to come. So the great judgment of tribulation is coming with its disasters worldwide. And that's basically the whole book of Revelation. And then number three, the Antichrist, the world, his world government, and the mark of the bee, 666. Those are, uh, those are issues that need to be uh, kept in mind. We're, we're getting so used to it now. Uh, does anybody remember the day when they first came out and marked everything with a mark? Does anybody remember that? And I would call it a code, but uh, I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, duh. They're marking everything. Now, I was reading this afternoon about a new uh, uh, a chip that they put in, into the, right in there in your hand. Because, you know, the Bible does say in. Of course, the Greek word for in and on are the same thing. But <clears throat> I may even have a picture of it here. And the, the chip has a... Uh, uh, well, oh, I can't remember now what they called it. it. It has a, what's it called when you, you can find people? Well, it's not, it's not, okay, yeah, it's a locator, but it's a, it actually sends, like, for example, let's say you went, this is going to blow your mind. You go to the store and you buy a pair of shoes. All right, Sister French? Or maybe five pairs, ten pairs, whatever, you just buy shoes. All right, and then, uh, your husband knows instantly, <laughs> this is tribulation, that you bought 10 pairs of shoes because it sends a signal right from your hand. Who would have ever thought of that? And it's just a little, it's a size, I, I'm not sure the size, but it's something like the size of a, of a, of a rice, a grain of rice, but they can get it up under your skin and it has, it's wrapped in what they call, uh, you can see I'm really up on it. Um, like skin sensitive. It's got a thing that allows it to stay in your skin. I mean, they've thought, they've thought of everything so that when they're done with it, this can go in, uh, it's just a ideal place to put it here. Someone asked me years ago, well, 
what if they cut your hand off? You, if it's the mark of the beast and they cut your hand off. Uh, then they'd have your, you know, your chip or whatever. Yes, they would. But, uh, and so they said, well, what if they, so they'd put it on your head. Well, I'd rather them have my head than my hand than my head. But anyway, so they, they are able to track you. They're able to get all your information. In other words, it's not just a mark, even though in that uh, chip is your bank account, your number, and so on. It's all based on 666. So here we are in a world that is basically buying. Uh, I, I don't even, Sister Friendship, I, I, I don't remember the last time I've had cash. I don't use cash. I just say, here. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I have a card, and I give him my card. Number four, the false prophet. It makes far, far more sense to me that the false prophet is the religious a leader of false religion in the end time, not the woman on the... I mean, it just makes all kinds of sense to me. And, and then the, through the false prophet, there will be a worldwide religious tyranny. You, there will be varying... Everyone with me? Everybody say, praise the Lord. All right? There will be different religions, but they all must accept each other 100%. That's what the Antichrist is going to do. And then, of course, when he... Reaches his, well, we'll come back to that. Then he's going to pretend he is God. Number five, the fall and Antichrist destruction of Mystery Babylon the Great. Number six, Israel, Islam, in, invasion, the invasion of Israel, that's supposed to say, Armageddon and Christ's return and Israel's conversion. I put all those as one thing so I could get it in seven. So there's a, where there's a will, there's a way. So all that's going on with Islam in the last days uh, is amazing. And with Israel, every single day, they're front news. So, so one of these days, you're going to wake up and church is going to be gone. I'm just telling you, it's going to be gone. We used to sing, I'm going to be gone. How far back does that go, sister? Did you ever sing that? Who, who, did, who wrote that? Is that somebody we can brag about or is it someone we shouldn't brag about? Did he write it? Okay, well, we better leave that alone. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to be gone in the twinkling of an eye. Anybody remember that old song? I'm going to be gone. I won't have time to say goodbye. Hallelujah. I'm going to be gone. I'm just telling you, there are going to be people you love that are going to realize that you left. God took you. Praise God. Brother French, can you run up here and help me up? I, did I say last time I was going to check this and make this not do that? Hold this. Sing, I'm going to be gone for a while. The Lord is coming. And then, of course, the new heaven and the new earth. So you have to answer questions like, well, if the Lord's going to take everybody off the earth, then how come there's people on the earth? There's a new earth. If, if he destroys everybody that's evil, how do the people get on the earth? Who, who populates the millennium? These are all important questions. But we're not going to answer them here tonight, but I'm just telling you that they're important. Now, let's go to the next slide, shall we? And uh, now we're going to Revelation. Grab your Bibles. Come on, don't just depend on this. Let's grab your Bibles. If we're going to do a panorama, I want you to grab a Bible. I I'd love to just see a Bible in every hand. Everybody that's got a Bible, just get it in your hand. I'm not going to look. I'm just pretending. Um, but I'd love to see a Bible. I'd like you to actually turn to a few scriptures here. And then look, we're going we're gonna to close it out here for this time around until we come back and we'll talk about whether the Antichrist might be Muslim. All right, so uh, Revelation 3.11 says what? Behold, I come quickly. Praise God. Now, every atheist I know tells me you might have... You may know six or seven languages. You may do this and that. But you believe that he's coming quickly and it's been 2,000 years. You're a fool. Every one of them tells me that. He's coming and you say he's coming and you've been saying he's coming. See, they think that's just, oh, they're just that's hysterical. They just love it. They just laugh in their heads off as though they're brilliant but how many knows Jesus is coming soon? Praise God. Hallelujah. Behold, I come quickly. 
Exactly. As, and it is true. The moment the time comes, he is going to come so fast. He's going to shake heaven and earth. He's going to take his church out of here. He's going to take his bride home with him. Hallelujah. Israel's here. Israel's going through the tribulation. The church is not going through the tribulation. All of you people that want to go through the tribulation, go ahead. But I'm going home. Hallelujah. I'm going to see Jesus, and I'm going to meet him in the heavens. He's coming quickly in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. He's going to take his church out of here. Verse 20, uh, chapter 22, verse 7, then we'll read verse 20. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. That is the book of Revelation. Everybody say, praise the Lord. So, I'm, see, if I were going to teach on that, I would have to explain, how do you keep the sayings of the prophecy of this book? Well, you better figure it out. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. You better keep them somewhere. You better keep them somehow. You better not be running around throwing everything godly out the window. You better be keeping the sayings of the prophecy of the book of Revelation. Does anybody know who is, whose revelation it is? It's the revelation of who? Jesus, it's his revelation. He's coming. He which testifieth these things, that's Jesus, saith, surely I come quickly. Go ahead and laugh. Go ahead and laugh. Say you've been preaching that since you were 19, 16 years old. Go ahead and laugh. Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Let's pray that prayer right now. Let's pray what John prayed. Lord, we pray that you come. We pray that your will would be done. Your kingdom would come. Lord, we pray that you will come, Lord, and take us back we pray in jesus name now let's go to matthew 25 grab your bible because you you want to go ahead of me i'm just gonna stay here just a minute and uh this is a rendition of the 10 uh the, the 10 bridesmaids or virgins as the king james translates it then shall the kingdom of heaven verse one the kingdom of heaven will be like i typed that in wrong unto 10 virgins everyone say amen so this is what prophecy, Jesus is prophesying of his coming. And he says it's going to be like, he called it the kingdom of heaven. That means us getting into the kingdom of heaven and getting out of here. It's going to be like ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Everybody say praise the Lord. We're getting ready to see the king. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to see the king. Hallelujah. I'm going to see Jesus face to face. He's going to make me what I've always wanted to be. He's going to change me from mortality to immortality. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, my friend, I'm talking to you. You need to get right with God. The bridegroom is coming they took their lamps and they went forth to meet the bridegroom and of course I'm skipping all the rest I'm only now jumping to verse 3 they that were foolish see so now, 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 now see so what he's, Jesus is telling us is that the kingdom at the end time is going to be that people in the kingdom are going to be so foolish that when they go out to meet the bridegroom, they will have been foolish. Not silly, not frivolous, but a fool. And what did they do that was so foolish? They took no oil with them. Now, you can like this or you can not like it, but oil is always a symbol of either the anointing of the Spirit or the Spirit itself. 
So the oil and the lamp, Jesus is comparing to the spirit in their lives. And of course, then he's directly equating it to their readiness to go meet the bridegroom. Folks, I want to tell you, you need to get ready to meet the Lord. Can you say praise the Lord? You need to get ready. Listen, if you love, well, you better love the Lord more than you're loving a lot of things this world's got. You need to let the world take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Man, I could sing tonight. Woo! I'm feeling it. They were foolish. They took no oil with them. And at midnight, they said, give us your oil. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> give us your oil. I'm glad I'm going to be gone because I don't know if I could take it. I don't know if I could take it. I, I couldn't take it. The crying and the weeping. Give us your oil. For our lamps have gone out. A lot of people, they haven't had their lamps burning in so long. That's old-fashioned. The last thing in the world they're thinking about when they get up tomorrow morning is whether their lamp is burning bright or not. We used to sing about, remember that old song? I, I could sing, I mean, I could sing every single word of this. Give me oil in my lamp, keep it burning. Remember that old song? That's so old. That's basic, Brother French, you could sing that. That is a bluegrass song. Don't make fun of that. That's bluegrass. You sing it like this. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep it burning. That's how you sing it. You don't have to stomp your feet, but it, it helps. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep it burning. Keep it burning till the break of day. Those were good songs. Hallelujah. We need to sing it again. We need to get our oil in our lamps and have them burning, waiting on the bridegroom to come. Give us oil, for our lamps have gone out. Afterward, they said, Lord, Lord. <laughs> this, uh, you can think what you want to. You can like it or lump it. I'm sorry. They're going to be people pounding on the doors. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. Where are you, Grandma? Where'd you go? Why didn't we listen to you? But he answered, I know you're not. So Jesus adds this warning. And of course, warning is as important as signs. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. Praise God. Let's just love the Lord. Come on, let's love him. I'm getting a little, a little deep here. Lord, we love you. We want to be ready. We thank you, Lord. Luke 17, 32, Jesus says, and let's go to the next slide. Uh, three simple words. Let's read this verse together. Remember Lot's wife. All right? So Lot's wife, Lot was the nephew of Abraham. <clears throat> so the question is why? What are we going to remember about Lot's wife? Okay. Same thing about the ten, ten uh, virgins. Or similar, but uh, maybe even a little more dramatic. Luke says, or Jesus said, of course, Luke records it. Remember Lot's wife. Don't ever forget Lot's wife. You wonder why we're in a world where they don't want you talking about previous judgment. Because they don't want, they, how dare you talk about previous judgment. See, that's the world that we're in. Well, you need to remember Lot's wife because 
she almost, almost made it. She was right there on the pew. <laughs> she, was, she heard the sermon. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. She almost made it. Abraham had interceded for Lot and his entire family, his children, his wife. And, and in, because he interceded, the Bible says that the, the, mercy, the angel of mercy came. And he didn't just say, come on, get out of there. Come on, get up. The Bible says he went down and he took him by the hand. I don't know if I've ever read anything like this before. I think this is important to me at least, but I know it is to, to every reasonable, thinking, merciful Christian that in the most horrific judgments of God, because he had to judge. Let, let's, let's, let, let's pause a second and say, um, so it, it, I don't know if I dare say this. Uh, so you're, uh, let's not talk about you. Let's talk about the hypothetical, not a real person. So it was, the, it was their little girl, four or five years old. And then someone takes their life, premeditated, takes their life and hurts that. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I should have looked around first. The first thing in our mind is not who cares. I, in fact, I've met some of the most liberal people that I know, and if you introduce that picture right there, they would say, well, something has to be done because you've got a little girl, a little child, and this person that should know better. And then now it's gone. So here was necessary judgment. Necessary judgment. Does anybody trust God to know how to judge, be judge of the whole earth? I, I trust God to be judge of the whole earth. So when my body goes into the dust, if I don't, make, if I don't go through the rapture and I go into the dust, I'm trusting God to know how to call me out. To talk to me and say, come forth, hallelujah. Call my name out. Does anybody know, does, does God know your name tonight? Does he know who you are? Remember Lot's wife. She had all the mercy that any human being ever had. I never had an angel take me by the hand. I never had a, a great warrior of the faith like Abraham intercede for hours and days upon days until God finally said, I will spare the city. I will spare the city. And then when he couldn't because nobody was godly at all he rushes in the angel of the Lord and grabs them by the hand and personally escorts them and all he said was whatever you do don't look back don't look back I think one of the most touching songs uh, Sister French did we, did we sing um that together? Yeah. Do you remember it at all? Has it been 30 years? Maybe more. 40 probably. Okay. I have no voice. So, no, no, you have to come over here. I'm going to stand up the entire. Okay, so here we go. Um, how, wait, no, but I want to just do the part that says. Okay, it says, don't look back. Can you sing that? Do you don't know? look back. Came the cold as they thought the, the burning coal of that city that Lord loved so much. Da -da -da. That's all we remember. Then it left behind forever and ever 
with no hope for eternity. And then what? Da da da. I can't remember. <laughs> Hallelujah. You, you, you may not like that, but, you know, we need to start singing a little bit more about the truth, not just what makes us feel good. You know, like, oh, I'm going to dance for Jesus. I mean, that's good. But, uh, you know, we need to let people know that. That the Lord is coming. And that. We don't want our children or our loved ones or grandchildren or dearest loved ones looking back because symbolically you know what that means that means turning their back upon and going back into sin by the way that's basically what worldliness is when you have been when you've been delivered from sin and then you go back into sin you're turning back into sin and the bible says that she was turned into what a pillar of Salt, which is, uh, I, I just, I can hardly even preach this. I, I, I'm serious. I have a great deal of difficulty even uh, looking at it and thinking about the great, anytime judgment falls, it, it brings tears to my eyes. But I'm not, a, I don't judge God. See, they don't want God judging anybody, but they want to judge God as though he has no right to judge anyone. But his wife looked back from behind him and, and she became a pillar salt. <clears throat> All right, so let's everybody say, "Amen." All right, now let's look at uh, let's look at this uh, one more step, shall we? All right, so um, Matthew seven and seven—that's at the top. So the wise, I'm going to say the wise. So they were wise and they were foolish. The wise ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. So my friend, that's a wise person. God opens the door, sends an angel in, takes you by the hand. The wise thing to do is to get your eyes off the world and get, a, get the Holy Ghost in your life and walk with God. Don't, don't turn back to the ungodly things of the world. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Can you say praise the Lord? Hallelujah. Then a couple verses later, Jesus said, enter ye in. At the straight gate. See, a lot of people, they want, their, they want to make their own religion. Well, I, I don't believe in that. I believe in this. Well, that's not a good idea. You need to enter in at the, you need to enter in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And we know that verse 14 says that... Uh, Narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. But we're, we're looking here at verse 13. And many there be which go therein. Now, let's read uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 at the bottom. We're almost, come on, we're almost there. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, and 7. <clears throat> is that too small to read? Can you, if you can, help me that, read it. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Now, I had a real, real egghead one time said, well, you know, you can get drunk in the daytime. And I said, uh, yes, thank you. Thank you for that brilliant observation. It isn't saying you couldn't get drunk in the daytime. It's telling you that nighttime and darkness is the cover for most such evils. That's why they prowl around and saints, you have no business being there. You have no business watching it. You need to turn your back on sin and get out there in the flow of the Holy Ghost. And listen, when you're tempted, you need to say, Jesus is coming. I don't dare. I'm not, I'm not looking back. I, I, Jesus is coming. I've got to be ready. I've got to keep my family ready. I've got to be the soul winner. Hallelujah. Amen. So it is. All right, so prophecy. Now, let's go to Matthew uh, 7.15. So we're looking at several verses right there. So 
here is my uh, panoramic alma mater of prophecy. The church will not be silent. Everyone say the church will not be silent. We're not going to be silent. They can laugh at us. They can take our degrees. They can close our bank accounts. They can be mad at us, but the church will not be silent. The true church is not afraid of the world. It is not foolish nor fooled by the world. Jesus said they're like wolves in what? Yes, they fool people. But you can't let yourself be fooled. I want you to lift your hand and say, Lord, I need, a, I need the, the, the Lord to lead me and keep me in the presence of God. I don't need the world to be pulling me in. Praise God. The church is not intoxicated. It is not drunken, nor is it asleep, nor is it comfortable with the world. We are uncomfortable with the world. Now, I'm very nice. to. I like to be nice to people. I like to treat them nice. Even when I'm telling them, they'll ask me, do you believe in hell? Yes, I believe in hell. You believe there's a real place where people are living for eternity and they're burning in hell? Yes. And, and then I usually, the tears, I, I go ahead and cry right in front of them. And I say, yes, I do. I believe in that. I believe that there's an eternity in hell. If you do not make heaven, you have only one other option. And so it is imperative upon you that you make it to heaven. You don't let somebody talk you into something else. Praise God. Instead, we're not comfortable with the world. The church is equipped and ready for battle in these last days. We're ready for end-time revival. Put your hands together and thank God for end-time revival. The church, the true church has more than merely a form of godliness, 2 Timothy 3, but has true godliness. Everyone say, praise the Lord. Not just a form, but not only godliness, but the power of God itself. The apostolic church is full of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. You know what? I believe in shouting. Now, I don't believe in being ridiculous, and, and I, I don't believe in coming out from under authority. Someone said, well, I always kick the walls in in my former church. I just kick a hole in the wall. Well, if you kick a hole in the wall here, <laughs> see what I mean? You, you have to come under authority. Someone said, well, in my old church, I beat my wife, and nobody said a word. Well, in this church, you're going to hear more than one word. Because things have changed now. You're now in the apostolic tabernacle. So maybe you used to wiggle. And uh, sometimes we get a fellow that thinks you ought to dance with the ladies. And then I just walk over there. Woo! Hey, brother, we need to get over here with the guys. And we, we, you know, we just, no problem. But you have to take, you have to take authority. And the number one, you know, I want to tell you how many people are going to go to hell because they got all messed up because they couldn't accept authority. Even people loving them, caring for them, they couldn't accept authority. They had to be their own God. By the way, the spirit that says I have to be my own God is the spirit of Antichrist. That is the spirit of Antichrist. Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Take this whole world. Take this whole world. But give me Jesus. I've got to have him. I've got to know him. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So here, here's what I'm going to conclude that. And we're almost there. Um, you can't run out of oil, church. You can't just sit around and run out of oil. That's cuckoo. That's just crazy I know you get tired sometimes the Bible helps you with that I know there's times you don't understand things you you want to just give up I know there's times you're burdened I know we're not talking about that we're talking about running out of oil losing your sight your spiritual you're blind you can't see a thing going on because you've you're lost you've gone turned your back on God and gone back to the world. All right, now let's see. Let me see where we are here. Um, okay, okay. Uh, real quick, everyone say praise the Lord. Let's do this quick. All right, how many are going to stay? Can try to stay away? <laughs> I'm just kidding. How many uh, can stay with me here? Give me another second. Okay, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, here we are. Then cometh the end. Can you say that with me? Then cometh 
the end. And then he goes on to say, 10 verses later, awake to righteousness and sin not. That's great. That's a great uh, panoramic verse of prophecy. The end is coming. You need to awake to righteousness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Of course, you're not supposed to be asleep anyway, but you're not just supposed to have your eyes open. You're supposed to uh, be awake to righteousness and, and deal with sin and, and find joy. Hallelujah. Anybody got the joy of the Lord here tonight? All right, now let's go to the next one because I'm going to, as I said, I'm going to try to hurry. All right, now, so then we come to the Antichrist himself. Now let's close out with a couple of things here about the Antichrist. Uh, Revelation 13 says that he's a beast having seven heads and ten horns. That is his government is a government of, of uh, ten nations, and they are blasphemous. Now, in what way they're blasphemous, that's another, we're not here to delve into all the details. We've, we've done it before, but, but I want to read this same account from Paul. This is John the Revelator. But look at the bottom, and I'm going to read from a simplified version. And you know what is holding him back. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 7. You know what's holding him back. Oh, Jesus. You know what's holding the Antichrist back. It's the rapture. It's the church. The church is here. Long as the church is here, the Antichrist is held back. In fact, I've often, I, well, I, I'm not going to, okay. For he can be revealed only when his time comes. Now, see, that brings a lot of theological questions to my mind and has for many, many years. Because you could easily, if you were the Antichrist, uh, I, don't, I don't mean, <laughs> uh, that didn't come out what a way I meant it. Um, anyway, if it can only be revealed when his time comes, then there's a spiritual component to this. He's not able to be revealed until God says so. So that's it. Now, you can, you can figure that out on your own time. For this lawlessness that he was talking about in verse 6. By the way, that's the spirit of the Antichrist, lawlessness. I'm my own God. There's no law over me. Nobody tells me how to live. Nobody tells me how to dress. Nobody tells me what's right and wrong. I'm a God unto myself. The Bible calls it lawlessness. Hallelujah. Lord, give me, let, the, let your law be in my heart. Hallelujah. Oh, let the law of, for the, how many knows the psalmist said the law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. But not this guy. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly. And it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back. Steps out of the way. Then the man of lawlessness will be revealed. Now let's go to the next slide. And he causeth, Revelation 13, he causeth all, both small and great. Everybody say all. Rich, poor, free bond. Now, let, let's just, we're almost done. So what's going to happen after the rapture is the Antichrist is going to, let's say, put a mark on his power. He's going to take every human being. Some people have asked me what I think about tattooing, and the Old Testament, of course, talks about it. But the whole idea of marking yourself is completely foreign to the will of God. And it's because it is exactly the spirit of Satan to mark yourself and to think that you're adding. And, that, and, the, and the Antichrist thinks if I mark them with his, the Bible says, well, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But, you know, the, the number is 666. We're not reading that part of it. To receive a mark in their right hand or, everybody say or, in their foreheads. All right. So the Antichrist is going to have the power to take, he calls everybody, everybody. Now, here's the question. All right. Are you ready for this? This is panorama. How does the Antichrist, who comes out of Europe, definitely does. How does he then gain control of the entire world? See, Well, he does two things. 
he has control of the economy through buying and selling. And then when he gets sick and tired of the woman on his back, he destroys her. Because she is the city, the immoral city that controls the wealth of the world. So he says, aha, and he devours her. And we've seen plenty of that. So he destroys Mystery Babylon or the, or the woman. And then he attacks Israel. That's, that's later on. But anyway. Now, let's read a verse. Uh, oh, my goodness. I, I've cut the verses out. Uh, all right, so it's verse 4, and then we start in verse 9. Brother French, uh, anyway, where, where does it end? I don't want to have to turn real quick. I, I was typing that, and I forgot to. <laughs> I decided to go ahead and put the rest in there. Anyway, it's 9 through something, uh, but I'm not turned to it. All right? And I'm reading from a simplified version. All right? It happens to be the, the new living, but... You see, the, all right, we're almost done. Second Thessalonians 2, 4. Uh, tell me if, what the end verse is where it says, then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. Um, I think that's 13, but I, I'm not positive. Nine through something. Right, here we go. He will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will even sit in the temple of God, claiming that he himself is God. Now, you have heard me say many times, that I do not comprehend this. It, it, it's, beyond, it's beyond my mental capacity to think of how a human being is going to say to an intellectual uni- world that can build skyscrapers and airplanes and go to the moon and go to Mars and all these things and all that it's capable of doing that this man is claiming to be God. And they embrace it somehow. That, that's beyond. So if you're asking me to, to help you with that, I, I, at the moment I don't have time. Where, what is the verse that ends here? Did you figure? <laughs> yes. But then pick it up at verse 9. He will exalt himself. I mean, uh, he will even sit in the temple of God. This is new living, so you have to. All right, we're still looking at, but I know it's there. I didn't make it up. This man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction. And they're on their way to destruction because what? They refuse to love and accept the truth. This is also mind boggling. That would have saved them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived. Isn't that verse 10? All right. And they will believe these lies. Now, there's another. I've tried my best through the years to come to grips with it. I cannot come to grips with it. God will cause them to be greatly deceived. Now, I know I know what the Bible says. I understand that God can go ahead and allow people to uh, be completely deceived. But the, the translation and the Greek teaches he will cause them to be. Now, it's sort of like how many ever heard of Pharaoh's heart was hardened? And then, you know, my Baptist friends all say, see, God didn't want him saved, so he hardened his heart. Well, no, he hardened his heart because of what his heart was. See, if you had clay there or you had, let's say you had clay and the sun beats down on it, the clay does what? It hardens. But what if the sun beats down on butter? It doesn't get hard. It gets soft. See, it depends on what's happening inside. And so he hardened the heart of Pharaoh because of the heart of Pharaoh. Your heart may be hardened. It's not because God doesn't want you saved. It's because of what's wrong with your heart. You've got to turn it over to Jesus, and then he, he changes everything. So he will cause them to be greatly deceived, and they will believe these lies Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. Let's stand. Last slide. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always. Everybody say pray always. That you may be accounted worthy. 
to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Would you pray with me right now that, that you will make it in, in the rapture, your family will make it, loved ones you're praying for. Look, come on, pray with some earnestness for a few minutes here. Father, I pray right now. I pray that I will make it, Lord, that I will be accounted worthy, Lord, to escape all of these things, Jesus, that I will be what you want me to be, that I will live the way you want me to live, that my family will be saved, that my life will be different, Lord, that I'll get my temper, that I'll get my finances, that I'll get everything, my mind and my thoughts under control so that I can make it, that I can be ready to make it when the trumpet sounds i'm getting ready to leave this world lord i pray that my heart will be ready and i give you praise for it put your hands together and let's thank the lord that he's made an escape thank you jesus lord i pray for america right now i pray that you'll bless america god bless america is that can we sing it Land that I love, stand beside her and guide her through the night with the light from above. Do I know the rest? From the mountain to the prairie. To the oceans, white with foam, God bless America, my home, sweet home, God bless America. My home, sweet home. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for letting me give you a smorgasbord here tonight. And uh, we will visit this again. Let's bow our heads, Father. Pray for each and every one. Lord, I pray not just for material blessing. I do pray for that. And I pray for healing and blessing. But more importantly, I pray that each and every one under the sound of my voice and their loved ones, families, neighbors, co-workers will be ready for the rapture. They will be saved and find the joy of salvation. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. To shake hands, greet one another. You're dismissed. Thank you.